<laughs> we hope you're enjoying the long weekend and also the, the service so far. My name's Simon. And I'm Christina. And for those of you who don't know us, we've been at Revelation Church for the last four years, four good years. Uh, we moved to London in 2016 from my hometown of Wellington, New Zealand. Whoop, whoop. Um, and in Wellington, we were involved in a small team starting a new church around about the same time that Revelation Church was starting. So it was a very, it was an exciting 10 years for us, wasn't yeah. it? <clears throat> so I'm English and Norwegian, um, um, but we met at secondary school and in the UK. And that's the reason, well, one of the big reasons we came back. Um, Rev was our first and only church when we came here and we've been so grateful for yeah. the community yeah. and the friendship that we've had over the last four or so years. Um, it's just been so meaningful to us. We've been very encouraged and built up. So we just want to take a moment to say thank you and to yeah. say that we love you guys and it's a real privilege to be able to share what we feel God's put on our heart this morning. Um, and also, if you're new here this morning, we just want to say welcome, and we hope that you too will be encouraged and built up, and we hope to see you soon when things are back to normal. Whenever that might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we as a church are um, nearing the end of a teaching series called Good to Grow, and it's all about the cares of this world. So the things that kind of grow up in our lives and, and hinder us from taking hold of everything that, that God's got for us. Mm -hmm. um, it's based around the, the parable of the sower, which you can find in the books of Matthew, Mark and Luke. And uh, today's message is, I think, number 13 in the series, so we're quite far through. Mm -hmm. And the title of our message this morning is, Help, I Sometimes Think I'm Afraid of My Own Shadow. I think it's probably important we just start by defining what we mean by uh, being afraid of our own shadow. And I think for many people that can conjure mm -hmm. up images of someone who's maybe a bit jumpy, a bit timid. Um, we're actually not going to talk about timidity as such today. We're going to focus on the idea of living with a spirit of fear and anxiety that shapes how we react to things in life. Mm. So maybe a spirit that makes you feel regularly fearful and anxious uh, about health or about finances or about the way in which your career is going or relationships, that's a real biggie, relationships mm. and, and, you know, fearful and anxious about a conversation you had yesterday or a conversation you might have today, that sort of thing. We're talking about this spirit of, of fear and anxiety that, that can sometimes live over us. Um, you know, for people who maybe wake up in the morning, they just feel worried about something, they get mm. a sinking feeling like, mm. what's today going to bring? Um, that's what we're talking about this morning, really. So it's very common. Um, and we're very aware that some of us might be really struggling with fear and anxiety right now and that it can feel weighty. Um, and we're also aware that the coronavirus might have heightened it for some people yeah. as well. So today we're going to be focusing on Jesus' teaching in um, Matthew 6. And we just want to pray before we start. So we say thank you, Father, for your word. Mm. And thank you... Um, that when we read your word, we um, are changed. Hallelujah. Mm. And we thank you, Father, that your word is nourishment to our souls as well. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and soften our hearts. And we pray mm. that you would help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see and help us to engage with 
with your word afresh. Mm. Yeah, come speak to us this morning, we pray. Yeah. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Okay, so in Matthew 6, um, we'll be reading from the ESV. Um, and it should also come up on your screen. Okay. So it says, so Matthew 6, sorry, Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Mm. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So I think here the context is really important for this passage. And so maybe we'll just start by setting the scene a little bit. Mm. Um, this, this, these verses are part of the Sermon on the Mount, which was a series of wide-ranging teachings from Jesus to his disciples about being Countercultural, mm-hmm. and leading up to this we see a string of teachings that start with something along the lines of you've heard it was said that but i tell you this and again mm-hmm. you've heard it was said that this but i tell you this mm-hmm. and so jesus is kind of taking this this common worldly approach and he's just turning it on its head and the, the sermon on the mount as a whole is really it's, it's a manifesto for how to live life in the world but not be of the world. And then Jesus places this teaching on anxiety and worry right in the middle of this, this countercultural manifesto. Now, probably just another important point to make here before we crack on. Um, this passage talks about anxious worry. It's not talking about preparation for the future. So if you look elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about um, the importance of preparation and the importance of thinking ahead and planning ahead. So It's not saying don't plan ahead and don't think about the future. It's just saying don't worry anxiously about the future. Mm. And we want to focus this morning really on on two key truths that should define our approach to worry and anxiety. Mm. And they are our identity and our calling. Mm. Our identity Mm. and our calling. And we'll go through those one by one. Okay, so firstly we're going to start with identity. And this passage refers to God as our Heavenly Father. Um, So in the context of worry and anxiety, we have Jesus painting a picture to the crowd at the time 
but also to us now of how God sees us. And he says that he is our father and we are his children. And there's a sense of intimacy. It's a doorbell. (laughs) (laughs) Intimacy, love and respect. And he's a good father. Um, The Bible describes him as the one who made us, knows us and provides for us. And in fact, the Bible is, the whole story is about God's goodness to us and his everlasting love for us, because that's the kind of father that he is. And the implications of this for us are just massive. And what we'd like to do is just turn quickly to Romans 8, probably one of my favorite parts of the Bible, this chapter in Romans, it's amazing. Um, We're going to look at uh, the verses from verse 15 to verse 17. This is Paul speaking to those who belong in Christ, so speaking to Christians. Mm. And he says this, this is verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we are heirs. Mm. heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ mm. fellow heirs with Christ mm. yeah wow okay so um, reading this fear um, is not from God and it's not part of um, his inheritance for us and as children in fact we've been set free from the power mm. of fear when Jesus died on the cross and we've been adopted into God's family and as we cry out Abba Father Abba Father we want his perfect love to saturate Mm. us and to drench us right to the very core Um, and one of the great privileges as his children is that the Holy Spirit lives within us and amazingly one of those and one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace yes peace Um, So as God's children, we inherit peace, supernatural peace, Mm -hmm. a peace that surpasses understanding, not a spirit of fear. And as children of God, we're also co-heirs with Christ, which means we actually inherit all the Mm -hmm. things of God. And it's not because we deserve them, but because of God's great love and mercy for us. Yes. Hallelujah. So really, I mean, that our position as children is crucial for understanding this verse, these verses that we looked at in Matthew 6. So I think let, let's have another look at that passage in, the, in this context, this context that we are as children. Mm. So if you look at uh, verses 26 and 30, so in 26 mm. it says, you know, look at the birds of the air, <coughs> mm. our Father feeds them. And then in 30 it says, look at the grass, you know, he, he clothes the grass of the field. And uh, with with this in in mind, what God's saying here is, what Jesus is saying is, if God provides for the birds and the flowers and the grass, of course he will provide for Mm. his very children. And then if you look at verse 25, it says, look, um, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you drink. Is not life more than food and is not the body more than clothing? Mm. And the idea here is that God gave us life. Of course he can give us food. And he created our bodies, of course he can clothe those bodies. Mm. Sort of see the logic here that, that, that Jesus is saying. He's saying, 
he did the greater thing already, so of course he can do the smaller thing. Mm. He cares about the greater thing. Of course, the smaller thing is nothing to him. Mm. Now, this passage isn't saying that we won't suffer loss, Mm. because we do. And I think there are tens of thousands of families Mm. around the UK and around the world at the moment suffering Mm. loss. Um, And we know that many Christians around the world are not fed, actually. And so we, we really have to interpret this with an understanding of our identity as sons and daughters of the Father God. Yeah. And he promises to work all things for the good mm. of those who love him, for his kids. And it's this eternal, holistic promise. It's not saying that in every moment we'll, we'll be trouble-free. But we don't need to worry about these things because actually our lives are in the hands of our loving Father. Yeah. And we, we don't always understand the things that happen to us. But we must understand that through it all, he is our father mm. and he loves us. Mm. You see, in, in Christ, you're not on your own. Mm. You're part of a family, mm. a family with a father who loves and cares for you. Mm. And actually, you know, brothers and sisters in the church who do as well. Mm. And th- this truth about our identity it brings a completely new outlook to our cares and our worries and our anxieties. It's a completely new way of looking at it. Mm. So the second truth we want to focus on this morning is um, our calling, our purpose. And as children, we're called into the Father's business, which is his kingdom. And we're just going to focus on uh, verse 33 again, where it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And it's a very clear message. Seek first Mm. his kingdom. Um, I, I'm not a particularly particularly follower of the royal family, um, but you know we, we live in London, so when in Rome, I think a, an anecdote here about the British royal family is quite useful. And I want you to, if you don't mind, just think about Prince Charles for a minute. Right, picture Prince Charles in your mind. Now, Prince Charles, as a son of the monarch, his life is all about mm. the kingdom. Right, in his case, the United Kingdom all about the kingdom. And throughout the year, Prince Charles does like literally hundreds. I think it's it's like two to three a day, every day or something. It's 550 a year mm-hmm. of official engagements. And these official engagements all have one underlying goal. Mm-hmm. And that is to strengthen and unify and advance the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. See, as, as a prince, everything he does is <clears throat> about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you, you're now children of a king. Mm. And so your business is now the kingdom. Mm. So an obvious question um, is, what's the kingdom? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot. Um, it's it's a, whole se- um, a whole sermon series in itself. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, let's just say it's wherever Jesus is acknowledged as king. And seeking the kingdom first, um, it means understanding his wills, his will and his desires mm. and walking in them. Um, it's daily taking up the cross to follow him. It's seeing others as he sees them. Um, it's being preoccupied with the things that he's preoccupied mm. with. Mm. And basically it's putting him first 
in everything. Mm. Yeah, it's a big calling. Um, but you can, so you can see why it's countercultural. Yeah, absolutely. In, in verse 32, it says, For the Gentiles run after all these things, mm. and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But, but you're no longer a, a child of the world. That's what, that's what we've just been talking about. You're, you're a child of heaven. Mm. And so Jesus is calling us to this exchange where we give up our cares and our worries and our anxieties, and instead we take on this mantle of faithfully seeking to put Jesus and his mm. kingdom and his righteousness first. Mm. It's an exchange. And the word that sits behind seek, so seek first the kingdom, the original Greek word here is actually really active. I think if, if you look up seek in uh, like common dictionaries, like so I've got the, the Cambridge Dictionary here, and it makes it seem really bland, I mean really boring. It's like seek to try and find or get something. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, I had some treasure in the garden and uh, I sought it for a bit and uh, couldn't find it. But the, but the Greek word is like this, it's really active. To actively search for something or to, to deeply desire something or mm. to strive after something. That's the Greek word here. So mm. yeah, in other parts of the Bible, even just before this, it says um, seeking the kingdom is like seeking treasure. Right? So this is not about just giving up our active worries. What Jesus is saying is that it's about being active about something else instead Something amazing. Something amazing. Something mm. something deeply rewarding. Something mm. worthy of our identity as his kids. Mm. Yeah. So, so the question is, um, what bearing does our identity and our calling have uh, on living with a spirit of anxiety? And mm. when we're worried or anxious or fearful, we can bring these things to God. Uh, as a child brings things to his father or their father. Um, and we can do this because he delights in us, um, because we are treasured by him, mm. and because his arms are open wide for us. Yeah. Um, and we just wanted to share a story of our oldest son, um, Jacob, who's just about to turn five. In a week. In a week. And he um, is just always always been he's always been wonderfully transparent and open with us and um amazingly so yeah <laughs> like any parent could ever hope for <laughs> yeah and and every time he shares his heart and his fears um mm. with us as parents we really do love it yeah. um and we love it because it shows that he sees us as a place of security as a place of comfort mm. um like as a place of safety and um, when he lets us in, we can help him. And we also feel closer to him when he, when yeah. he, when he does it. We yeah. just feel like we know what's in his heart and we can connect with him. Mm. And in the same way in Jesus, we've got the privilege of um, approaching God as children. And um, even though he's, he's a heavenly, great God, he's the King of Kings, we mm. can come into his presence and we can be really open with him about our worries as well. He doesn't get tired of hearing it, and he loves to partner with us in it, in, in the things that we have on mm. our hearts. Um, yeah. So, and also, he sometimes directs us when yeah. we need some guidance, actually. Um, so, his fatherly promise to us is that actually, when we come to him, we can replace our worries and anxieties with his supernatural peace. Yeah, yeah, it's that famous verse. 
I think we've touched on a few times throughout the series actually in Philippians um, mm. 4 um, yeah, about this peace that passes understanding mm. um, just a, a testimony from me just briefly really but I mean when we first moved to the UK and I found it really really hard I think we both found it really really mm. hard I, I found it particularly hard uh, because I was also starting a new job and uh, it was a very challenging job I think I spent probably the first three to four months of being here um, yeah. just feeling anxious I mean pretty much every day mm. and yeah, you know, there were days most days maybe where I would come home just in a complete mess actually mm. poor old Christina's there going I'm just settling into a new city and I've got this one year old and now I've got to put up with you as well mm. <laughs> I mean you're amazing <laughs> um, and you know it, it was a really hard time and that September, a few months later, I turned 30 and we went away on holiday. <clears throat> My parents were over from New Zealand. We went on holiday to the Cotswolds, which mm. lovely part of the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> and on my birthday, I, I, I had the privilege of some time off and I just went for a walk in the woods just to pray and just to enjoy some time with my father. Mm. And God spoke to me like a father speaks to a son. And he, he gave me some very, very specific words that we've held mm. on to, but... I mean, just, just to paraphrase them, he basically said, I know your situation, hang in there, mm. I'm with you, mm. I know it's tough, but you are in the right place. And just having God speak to my heart like that, it completely turned the situation around for me and for us as a family. And just knowing that my all-powerful Heavenly Father loved me and he'd called me to be in that situation mm. and he was walking with me through it, it was just phenomenal. Mm. Life-changing, actually. Mm. And you see that the reason that we can trust God with our fears and our anxieties is ultimately because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because when he took our sins and he crucified them with him on the cross, he demonstrated that he was willing to make massive sacrifices for us. Yeah. And it shows the, the degree to which he loves and cares for us, that, you know, that God would send his only son to die in our place. It's huge. Mm. Mm. does God mm. care about me given the worries that I'm facing well yeah he does completely he cares mm. enough that he sent his son to die for me mm. you know he cares about me in the little things because he's done the bigger thing like we talked about mm. earlier but on the cross he also demonstrated his sovereignty right that he really is lord over sin yeah. lord over death lord over fear lord over anxiety Hallelujah. right he reigns supreme over all these things and he demonstrated it on the cross. Mm. You know, on the cross, he took all the, all the darkness of fear on himself and he overcame it. Yeah. And so actually this, this victory is his. Mm. But what we've been reading is that he invites us to share in that inheritance by putting our faith in him, right? We become co-heirs. Mm. And this means that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. But then also it means daily we choose to put our faith in his goodness and his faithfulness yeah. despite this temptation to give in to our anxieties yeah wow so practically um seeking first his kingdom means not setting oh, not setting our heart mm. on our worries yeah. um so in the account of luke i think it says um uh, do not set your heart on these things, mm. as in do not set your heart on your worries. Mm. And then the Bible 
I think so, I has already mentioned, but it says where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Mm. So in other words, where you invest your mental attention, your time, your money, your thoughts, that's where your heart is set. And so Jesus is saying, don't give your mental mm. attention, your time and your money to your worries. Mm. Um, he, he says we mustn't feed these things, our precious resources, yeah. because they're not worthy of our calling. Yeah. And yeah. because if we feed them, um, they can grow. Oh, yeah. That's not to say, like, if you need some medical, like... Yeah, if you, yeah it, it's probably worth just touching on that, yeah. actually. If, you know, if you've got a, you know, medical anxiety, like a sort of anxiety disorder, of course, you know, getting the right medical attention and things is, is, is right. You know, there are very, very good people out there who can help you with things. But mm-hmm. this is, you know, it shouldn't diminish that in any way, really. No, but, but yeah. we mustn't feed our anxieties. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. fix our eyes on him. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So if we, if we are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and setting our gaze on him and allowing his ways, his perspectives to take precedent, he says he'll take care of these things for us. And actually by doing that, we'll be investing mm-hmm. in something that's everlasting yeah. and worthy. Because actually God's willing to cultivate hearts and minds in his children that are set on things above mm. and not set on things below. Mm. Um, we're sort of coming to a close, but just, just to make a final point really as we close, um, you know, anxiety, worry, fear, these are not small things. And if you're mm. living with a spirit of fear at the moment, you know that it can be really all-consuming. Yeah. It could be like a, this dark cloud that just hangs over you. And so, of course, Jesus' response to it isn't small either. And as he so often does in Scripture, he, he doesn't respond with, like, here's a few sort of helpful tips to, to ease that thing. He responds with this entirely new worldview, completely new worldview. He doesn't give a quick fix. He says, look, you need to know, in me, you're children of God. Mm. You're adopted as sons and daughters into my kingdom. That's, that's where your energies and your focus should be. And actually, your, your fears and anxieties, they may be significant, but they're insignificant in the light of this. Mm. And, and as you seek me and put me first, I'll take care of you. That's what he's saying here. We're, um, we're just going to end with a few verses from later in Romans, which we've now lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you, if you feel like you're... Um, you're really struggling with a spirit of anxiety or fear, we just want to encourage you to really let the the truth of these words Mm. um, speak to your heart just as we read them out. This is just, again, Romans 8. What an amazing chapter. Mm. So I'm reading from, uh, I'm reading verse 35 and then verse 37. So it says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. I mean, that's a list of things that can't separate us from Christ. Mm. You can add to that my anxieties, my fears, Mm. my worries, the things that I wake up thinking about. Mm. Can that separate me from the love of Christ? And then verse 37, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors Mm. through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, 
nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ, nothing can separate us from the Father's love. And because of his love, we are more than conquerors. Amen. Amen. And more than able to overcome a spirit of fear. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you guys. Yeah, God bless.